This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. are the heroes of our life. I won't say that text sounds like anyone in my family, but uh, I'll let my daughter answer that for her children. But, you know, God has been so faithful and so good. I, I honor all of you. Pastor Stormy had you raise your hands. I won't have you do that again. Mothers, grandmothers, I acknowledge you. Those that are mothers-to-be, we have a few of you that are carrying your, your children right now. Those of you that are believing for children, we're with you. I'm believing with five families here in our church for children this year. They will get, they will get started on having those children this year, amen? Y'all put your faith with us. Having children is God's idea. We stand with those who have lost children through death, miscarriage, and abortion. We stand with you. Those are still your children, and you will see them one day in heaven. You have that assurance. They're with Jesus right now, and he's keeping them. Those who've made the brave decision to give a child up through adoption, one of our nieces did this. And it was a very sweet thing, a very selfless thing. And those raising other children's children. Some of you have helped and stepped in the gap. Some of you are not even family and you're helping people raise children. You're our heroes today. Motherhood is so worth it. I wanna say hello to my mom, she's watching online. 87 years young in New Mexico. I love you, Mama. My mother-in-law over here, Shirley, she's the best. My daughter's here. My son, probably not watching, but he's in New York, believing he's going to watch. But the government, something funny before we start, they recently did a little calculation. They recalculated post-COVID on the price to raise a child. I, ha I had this from years ago, and I went back and I thought, I'm going to look and see what they say now. This was 2022. They recalculated, the USDA did. And the cost of raising a child from birth through high school, not college, is calculated at $292,017. Talk about price shock. That didn't even touch college tuition. Some of you might think the best financial advice I can give you is don't have any. <laughs> don't have children if you want to be rich. But actually, it's just the opposite. The richest people I know are loved by children. Here's some of the rewards you get for your 292 $1,017. Naming rights. First, middle, and last. Some of you did a better job on that than others. If your kids are going by nicknames, we won't call out any names in here, but glimpses of God every day. Giggles under the covers at night. 
more love than your heart can hold. Butterfly kisses and Velcro hugs, endless wonder over rocks and ants and clouds and warm cookies, a hand to hold, usually covered with either dirt, jelly, or chocolate, a partner for blowing bubbles and flying kites and someone to laugh yourself silly with, no matter what the boss said or how your stocks performed that day. For $311 a week, you never have to grow up. You get to finger paint and carve pumpkins, play hide and seek, catch lightning bugs, and never stop believing in Santa Claus. You have an excuse to keep reading the adventures of Piglet and Pooh. Watch Saturday morning cartoons and go to Disney movies. Wish on stars. You get to frame rainbows and hearts and flowers under refrigerator magnets. Collect spray-painted noodle necklaces and cards like many of you mothers are going to get today from your kids in these classes with handprints and backwards letters for Mother's Day. For a mere $44 a day, there's no greater bang for your buck. You get to be a hero just for retrieving a Frisbee off the roof, taking the training wheels off a bike, removing a splinter, filling a wading pool, coaxing a wad of gum out of the hair, cheering on a soccer or baseball team that sometimes never wins. You get a front row seat in history to the first word, the first steps, the first bra, the first date, first scary time behind the wheel. You get to be immortal. You get another branch added to your family tree. And if you're lucky, a long list of limbs in your obituary called grandchildren and great-grandchildren. You get an education in psychology and in nursing, in criminal justice, <laughs> communications, and human sexuality that no college can match. In the eyes of a child, you rank right up there with God. You can heal boo-boos, scare away the monsters under the bed, patch a broken heart, police a slumber party, ground them forever, and love them with no limits. So one day, they will love without counting the cost. That is quite a deal for the price. So moms, love and enjoy your children and your grandchildren. They're without measure. Let me pray before we start. I'm going to pray for all the moms. Heavenly Father, I pray for each precious mother that you have created. And I pray for her to recognize that you have anointed her to love, nurture, and make disciples of her children. I ask you to fill her with an extra measure of grace, peace, endurance, kindness, strength, and joy. I pray that she will call upon you when she feels overwhelmed or insufficient because your strength is made perfect in her weakness. 
I thank you, Lord, for equipping her with everything she needs to impart a love for Jesus in her children. I also pray for those who yearn to be a mother, those who have never had a mother, those who didn't get the opportunity to have a nurturing good mother, those who have lost their mothers, those who have lost children, and those who love children that are not their own. Overwhelm, God, these mothers with your powerful presence and comfort. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Well, today, I'm going to speak, and the title is called Loved, Called, and Kept. Our main text, we're going to read from Jude. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, and our ushers will come down the aisle. They'll have one for you to look at. We'll have the scriptures on the screen as well. We're going to read from Jude. Do you all know who Jude was? Small book in the Bible. Jude was the half-brother of Jesus. He was... Also, the full brother of James, we know who wrote the book of James. Jude was the half-brother of Jesus. In this, he doesn't even, he counts himself, he says, I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. He had found out, even though maybe at first they didn't believe in their brother. Any of y'all have siblings that are like, oh, I'm not sure about you and your faith. But they, when they saw everything happen, they're like, we're believers now. That's who Jude was. So let's read. Jude Verses 1 and 2. He said, I, Jude, am a slave to Jesus Christ and brother to James, writing to those loved by God the Father, called and kept safe by Jesus Christ. And he has some words for us. Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Rest. Everything's coming together. Open your hearts. Love is on the way. See, Jude was writing to the church after the death of Jesus Christ. And y'all know it wasn't just sunshine and roses during those days. The persecution became very severe. In fact, so severe that the disciples, they all didn't just, we know they huddled together right afterwards. And then after that, they took Jesus' call to go and preach the gospel. And it became so severe, they spread through all the earth. It was hard times. There were tests and trials that came during that time in the earth. It wasn't easy. And Jude wrote to them to encourage them in their faith. And I believe those same words are to encourage us. We're to read those words in the Bible, in the New Testament especially, and those are words that are to encourage us in our tests, to encourage us in our trials, to tell us, don't lose your faith. See, this is a promise we can hold on to in our lives, that in our times of difficulty, we are loved, called, and kept by God. See, the world we live in tries to knock us off our feet. Every day these trials and tests come. Bad news threatens us. I really kind of started formulating this message. I kind of had it in my heart and then last week, last Sunday morning, pastor started the service with prayer for the families, lives that had been lost. We had bad news upon bad news, it seems like, in this last week. Yesterday, I turn on the news and see 
tornadoes, people down near, on our coast of our state, their town was decimated. And it's like bad news comes, tests and trials come. We get blindsided by life, a phone call comes, a disaster happens, a diagnosis is given, relationships are broken, finances are strained. See, we live in a broken, fallen world. We have to remember that. Things are not as they should be in our world because it is broken. We live in a fallen world because of the sin that Adam and Eve invited in. But we have hope. See, even as Christians, we go through storms. Don't think we're exempt. Don't think, don't ask, why is this happening to me? Let's see what the words of Jesus are to us about these tests and trials. In John 16, Jesus said, here on earth, that's right here where we are, in 2023, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. We have good news. We don't have to be without hope like others are without hope. So the question is not, if a storm comes, what will I believe? But when a storm comes in my life, what am I going to believe? See, storms show us whether we believe that God is really in control. Any of y'all out there have a deal with control in your lives? You like to control things. You like things to fit into your little boxes. I like things, let's make this. I want things to go this way. I do this and this happens. And we like to control things. I'll just tell you right now. Are you trusting your control? Or are you trusting God's control? It has to be him. See, storms reveal to us what's inside of us. What is inside of us? What do we truly believe? See, what we believe about God is called our theology. That's a big word that people have thrown around and, and people sometimes are like, what does that mean, theology? All it is is, what do you believe? Different denominations have their theology. They believe this, they believe this. It's what you believe. See, we're taught a faith message here every single Sunday and every single Wednesday. Pastor Stormy brings the truth from the word. But a storm will reveal, what do I believe? We'll call this our storm theology. What do we believe in the middle of a storm, okay? What's going to be revealed from my heart during hard times. All right, let's go to the book of Mark. This is where we're gonna stay today for a while. The book of Mark, chapter four. Many of you have heard this story. It's about the disciples. We know those are those men that Jesus chose. This is uh, kind of at the beginning, probably beginning quarter half of his ministry. He had gone, chosen these men. He had begun teaching them and pouring into them faith. Here's how you believe. Here's, and he would show them, this is how we minister to people. He just showed them how to do things. Faith was being poured into them like it's here every week. That's why it's so important to be in the house of God. You're getting faith infused 
If you've ever had an infusion of blood or different things, even liquids, they infuse you when you're dehydrated and when you don't have enough and it just like perks you up. That's what happens when we come into the house of God. What we believe is filled. Our faith is adjusted. We may have believed some wrong things, but we come into the house of God and are taught the word of God and it fills us with faith. It adjusts our theology. So let's look at Mark chapter four. These disciples find themselves in a storm. Verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. Now they had been ministering all that day. If you go back and read in the story, they had been ministering to people. There was lots of ministry going on. They had really good times. Jesus was teaching them. Man, it was just rocking and rolling that day. It's a great day of ministry. But Jesus wasn't satisfied. He didn't say, oh, let's just revel in what's happened and just stay right here. Let's just rejoice. He said, no, let's go to the other side. Now, the other side was the other side of the Sea of Galilee. We've been there in Israel. There's a lake, and it's surrounded by mountains and hills on all sides. And the lake is actually 700 feet below sea level. That's low. And they say it's the perfect geographical location for storms to come in. Now, think back, some of these disciples, what were their occupations before Jesus called them to come with him? Fishermen. This wasn't a new concept to them, was it? Some of us, this, storms are not a new concept to us. Sometimes we walk in and we're like, oh, I just don't know. And God's like, I've prepared you for this. You have it in you. The disciples should have had more faith. They were prepared. They knew what was going to happen. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Verse 36. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Have any of you ever been out on the ocean when it got rough? Or your boat, I mean the waves were coming. I have a story if my sister-in-law's watching in South Carolina. We went to Hawaii a few years ago and she wanted us to go dolphin watching. So she rented this tour for us and we go to get on this boat, I say it in quotes, it's not a wooden boat. It's one of those blow up ones, I don't even know the name of them. And it's really long and the front points up like this. There are only two seats on that and I did not get one of them. The rest of us got to sit on the sides of that blow up boat and there was a rope strung, and you had to dig your arms in under the rope and hold on for dear life, and there was a rope strung. That should have been our first clue. Something was gonna get rough. We had to put our feet under that rope, put our hands under, and hold on for dear life as that boat did this. Hours. We didn't find one dolphin. It was the most annoying, frustrating thing, holding on, literally, I was sore from pulling onto that thing. The storm came to these disciples. 
The wind was howling. Said the waves were crashing over, and where was Jesus? Let's look. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern. Y'all know the stern is the back of the boat. If the front is doing this, most of the people, they sit in the back. And that's the calmest place. And he wasn't just sitting there. It says he was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. He had planned this nap. He had a cushion. He had his pillow. It's like, I'm taking a nap. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus wasn't worried about the storm. Jesus was not carrying the weight of the storm even though he was in the storm. He was, his perspective wasn't fear and worry, it was trust and peace because he knew he was being kept by his father. He was so relaxed. Do you notice? The storm didn't even wake him up. The disciples woke him up with their fear. Don't you care? So many of us, we ask Jesus that. Don't you care about me, Jesus? Don't you see what I'm going through? And he's saying, you're loved and you're called and you're kept. I'm going to keep you. We need to adjust our storm theology. Verse 39, in response to being woke up in the middle of this storm, it says he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Verse 40, he said to his disciples, can you imagine how they were looking? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith. Why would he say that? Because he had been teaching them. He had been teaching them about faith. They had many opportunities to learn about faith. They had many opportunities to learn about trust. And then the storm comes and it's like it all got thrown out the window. And he's like, why are you so afraid? He asked that of us today as well. Verse 41 they were terrified, can you imagine? And asked each other, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus is able to bring calm in the midst of chaos. When we find ourselves in the midst of a storm in our lives, we'll either choose fear in the situation or faith in the God that can get us through. Fear or faith? See, your response to the storm will reveal your fear or your faith. And they correspond to each other, fear and faith. What does that mean? That means more fear, less faith. More faith, less fear. Which one are we going to do? Which one are we going to have in the middle of our storms? See, the disciples found themselves in the middle of this storm and felt completely out of control, like many of us. And they wonder, did Jesus even care? Did he even care what they were going through? So two things to remember in the middle of your storm. We're going to call this our storm theology. 
We need to remember these two things in our storms. Number one, you're in the storm with his presence. He's not going to leave you. He's right there with you. Remember, he's not worried about the storm. He was sleeping on the cushion. Jesus is there, and he's calm. He's bringing calm in the midst of the chaos if you let him. See, in our lives, we tend to get so caught up in the what of the storm. Oh, my gosh, there's a storm. The waves. And our eyes are on all those what's, all the things happening, not on the who. Jesus is with me. Jesus is going to carry me through this storm. We've got to rely on him. He will keep us. I remember the night that uh, my mom called and said, you need to come over here. And it was the night that my dad passed away. And by the time we only lived about five minutes away, and Stormy and I ran over there, and uh, the ambulance was taking him to the hospital, but he was gone. That was a storm that came quickly. That was a what? That was an unknown, blindsided. But I knew who was with us. I had peace. It was really what the Bible says, that peace that passes understanding. I knew the Lord was with us. And those days, next days that we walk through, he was with us. He was right there in the middle of the storm. The who, we've got to remember the who. The who is always more powerful than the what. Jesus is with you. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. See, if your child rebels, he's with you. If your marriage has trouble, he is with you. If your health doesn't look good, he's with you. If financial troubles come, he is with you. If someone breaks your heart, he is with you. If addiction's trying to chase you down and kill you, he is with you. If confusion fills your mind and your heart about who God has made you, he is with you. He's always with us. Jesus never promised that we wouldn't experience storms. He just promised that we wouldn't be alone. So if you're going through a storm right now, and we all are, you're in the storm with his presence. Don't forget the presence of God because he cares. You're loved and you're kept. Number two in our storm theology that we need to remember is you're in the storm for his purpose. There's a purpose for our lives. We're not just going through things for the fun of it. He's not some angry taskmaster that's cruel that gets a kick out of watching us suffer. That's not the God we serve. He's good, and he only does good. There's a purpose for the storms we go through in our lives. See, the disciples were not out of God's will in the storm. Guess what? They were right in the middle of his will. Right in the middle of the will of God. And so many of us were like, our faith goes out the window as soon as the storm comes. And we're like, what's going on? 
We have to remember we're there for his purpose. Seek him for his purpose. What's his purpose for this? Stop questioning and trust him. See, Jesus, what did he tell them there at the beginning? He gave them the directive and he said, let's do what? Go to the other side because there was more ministry to be done on the other side. See, and he's calling us out of our comfort zones to go to the other side. He's calling us. See, it's easy to sit back here. You know, with that whole prayer. Bless me, my husband, my kids, us four, and no more. This is where we're comfortable. We got a comfortable little life. Don't ask me to go over there. Where I have to use my faith. Where I might get dirty. Where people might have some needs. I'm going to ask you all to pray for us tomorrow. It's a difficult day. We're going to Lubbock County Detention Center. And every single woman out there, and their numbers just keep increasing. The chaplain and I keep going back and forth. We're having to fill more gifts. Every single woman and every single female officer is going to get a gift in honor of Mother's Day. But the first time we did this, you know, here, it's like, Happy Mother's Day. It's such a good day. Let me give you a gift there. As soon as we said Happy Mother's Day, they, it was like mass hysteria, crying, because not one of them has their children. Not one of them get to hug their children this weekend. They might get to say hi to them on the little tablets that they have or on that little TV screen, but none of them have that luxury of hugging them. Pray for us as we go tomorrow that we would bring the light of Jesus and his love to a very dark time in those women's lives. See, it's not comfortable to go out to that jail. It's not comfortable. It's not convenient. It's never convenient. It takes longer to drive out there, especially with all the wonderful road construction we have. And it takes us longer. Some days we don't get back. Women come, would you pray for us? We literally will pray. For, we leave the pod. They'll, they'll ask us for prayer. We can't hardly get out. We've gone to the shoe where they hold them in single or uh, solitary confinement. And it's like, will you pray for this one and this one? We got to release the other day where we're supposed to check out and go. And we see women. Can, we, can you pray for me? And then another one, can you pray? Can you pray for my dad? It's not convenient, it's not comfortable, it takes our time, but it's ministry waiting for us. There's ministry waiting for each one of us in our lives outside of our comfort zone. You, I have a question, and you're gonna have to answer this before the Lord. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Don't look at us as staff, because the Bible says that our job here is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You're the saints. What are you doing to further the kingdom of God? You have to answer that question. There are needs all around us on the other side. On the other side of this wall, we can walk down these classrooms downstairs and you're gonna find little bitty ones, some babies, and they just need health so their mama can have a few minutes of peace in the service. 
And you can rock him and tell him, Jesus loves you. And then when they get to be about two to five, they get to go down for worship. Y'all should see them. You should serve because those kids go in there and worship. They have this declaration that they do. They say, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Everything I put my hands to do prospers. And then they sing songs like Waymaker, Miracle Worker at three years old. How many of you wish at three years old someone, someone would have got out of their comfort zone and taught you those lessons? And then Pastor Keith and Jamie, if you go up these stairs, those elementary kids, they are not babysitting. They are imparting life. And there's real ministry. Yeah, they have fun with it. They have some games and they have fun. But when prayer time comes, guess who they're praying for? You, moms and dads. And some of their prayer requests are heartbreaking. And some kids get brought by other family members and friends and their little add-ons. And they wonder, does anyone see me? Does anyone care? And then Wednesday nights, real life is happening down there in our youth ministry on the other end. The other side, way down there, where it smells sometimes like those middle school boys after they've come in from wall ball. And they have different colors of hair. And they wonder, does anyone see me? The world sees them. And the world's trying to impart their agenda to them. And there's an, there is a spirit of confusion trying to come on teenagers and young adults. And they need someone to get out of their comfort zone and say, yes, I see you and I believe in you. And we have adults all over in this church, in our community, in the world where we go on mission trips. They need you. They need you to impart life, to impart hope, because some of them are wondering, should I give up? Should I check out of this life? Never before have we seen such an epidemic of suicidal thoughts, of the, the enemy just lying to people and telling people your life is not worth living. People need you to go to the other side. There's ministry on the other side when we step out with Jesus. See, fulfilling your calling will be out of your comfort zone. And there will probably be storms as you get to, you know why? Because the enemy's gonna fight you. Because he knows lives are gonna be changed as we go to the other side. He knows that hearts are gonna be encouraged. He knows that he's gonna to have to let go of people because they're gonna trust Jesus like never before. See, there are lessons to be learned that can only be learned out on the water in the boat, not sitting, watching from the shore. You know, one of the people in the boat that day was Peter, one of the apostles. And after Jesus left, I said, it wasn't just all great and everybody celebrating. No, you were with Jesus. Peter had to hang on for his dear life. And can you imagine the agony that those disciples went through watching their Savior be crucified and then people turning on, especially Peter, and they said, and you were with him. 
He, can you imagine the anxiety he had? He needed that lesson in the boat at that time because there was ministry for him on the other side. He wrote these words for us later on. A few years later, after that time, he wrote this in 1 Peter 5, verse 7. He said, cast all your anxiety on him, on Jesus, because he cares for you. He could say that because he had had to walk in that. He learned that lesson. Such a good lesson for us today, for anxiety. We don't need and I'm not putting down, if you need to take medication for a time, take it. But know that Jesus is your ultimate healer. Jesus is the one that can release that anxiety, but you have to trust him. We have to transfer our care, cast our care, give it to Jesus. He cares for us. Whatever is weighing you down today, give it to God. Trust your children to him. Transfer the weight of your anxiety to God. See, Peter learned that day in the boat, in the storm, that he was there for a purpose, to learn to trust him. And in your storms, church, those of you watching online, in your storms, you must learn this lesson. Your God cares about you and your life, even if you have a prodigal child even if you don't have a partner by your side and you long for that, even if you have financial difficulties, health problems, infertility issues, even if you've lost the job you thought you would have and the new one has not come yet, and if there's unhealed trauma and pain from your past, Jesus cares about you and is with you. To end today, I want to read to you from the end of the book of Jude. It's only one chapter. So Jude starts with that promise that we started with, that we are loved and we are called and we are kept. If you go through and study the middle part of Jude, he was talking to the church and warning them, people are going to come and try to steal your faith. What a lesson for us today. Don't be moved when people try to come and tell you this and try to dilute the gospel. Try to tell you, well, it's okay. That, that was just then. God doesn't do that now. He was trying to warn us. Storms in our faith would come. And this is how he ended the book of Jude, verses 20 and 21. He said, but you, dear friends, all of my friends here must build each other up. We're to encourage each other on your most, in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. See, we're going to be kept safe in God's love when we keep our eyes on Jesus and we rely on the Holy Spirit. We can't do it ourselves. We sang those songs today. Those aren't just songs, those are for us to remember. Christ is my firm foundation. 
Jesus for my family. When I can't make those big kids do what you want, Jesus, I give them to you. When I can't control all these situations and these storms that come, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. You bring the peace when there's chaos in my life, in my mind, in my heart. Jude wrote that for us as an encouragement. Whatever storm you're going through, church, he is right there with you. Jesus sees you and is with you in the hard times of your life. You are not out of his reach. You are loved, called, and kept by God. I'm gonna ask you to stand up. You know, right there at the end, verse 21, it, he said, who will bring you eternal life? So I have to ask, where is your eternal life? And I'm not backing down today. The scriptures are very clear. Yes, we'll be kept safe. Yes, he loves everyone. He calls everyone. But is your eternity kept safe in his hands? because we have to place our life in his hands. That's our choice. And salvation is never a mental ascent. We were talking, Stormy and I, with Pastor Manny Arango when he came a few weeks ago about this, that so many people, they're like, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I believe there's a God that, you know, there, Jesus was here. It's a mental ascent. But there's not been that surrender. Because when you give your life to Christ, it's a difference. It's like your heart opens up. Your mind opens up. You may not look different on the outside, although people will recognize. I've seen some of you and I'm like, they have life in them. There's life coming into them as they surrender to the Lord. Not that mental ascent, but a true heart change. First service, six or seven young girls came down here and asked Jesus to come into their hearts, dedicated their lives to him. What a victory for the kingdom of God. But God's not done yet. Many more hearts. Those of you watching online and in this room, I have to ask, where is your eternal salvation? Are you sure? Because tomorrow isn't promised. A storm can blindside you tomorrow. And you have to have that strong faith in Jesus Christ. So if you need to make sure, or if you need to come back, I want you to meet me down here right now. Meet me down here in the front. Come and let Christ be that firm foundation. And you're like, I don't want to wonder anymore. I don't want to walk out of here and, and not know for sure that my life is held securely in his hands. Is there anyone that needs to say, yes, that's me. I need Jesus to come in. And once he comes, you are changed. You are different. Anyone out there? that you need to make that decision for Jesus Christ and allow him to come in. Allow him to come. I'm so proud of you.
I am happy for adults, but when young people respond, they have their whole lives ahead of them. Touches me, anybody else that wants to ask Jesus to come, come into their hearts. Anybody need to say, Jesus, I have walked away, but I'm coming back home today. Amen, I'm so proud of you. What a great day in the kingdom of God. We're gonna pray together and we're gonna take that step. Those of you that came and answered, we're gonna take that step and make sure we're gonna surrender to Jesus in our hearts. Amen, will you pray this with me? Say, Jesus, I surrender my heart, my mind, every part of me to you, to your kingdom, for your work, God. Come into me, my heart, God. Come and change me from the inside out. And I dedicate, and I say that I will live for you every single day of my life. again for joining us on this podcast to check out more services from faith church you can find our live broadcast on youtube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events how to give and how you can get involved